Welcome into another post-game edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, Mike Nislik back at it. The Bengals suffer their worst loss of the season, a 19-point demoralizing loss, to say the least, to the Browns, 32-13. to A lot of season lows for the Bengals, season low in rushing yards, season low in total yards. And offensively for the Browns, Nick Chubb, Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, did whatever they wanted to on a night like this. And, I mean, on both sides, you look at it, a lot to unpack. But, yeah, this is a uh, this is a tough one to say the least. It's, it's a hard loss that the Bengals will have to do a lot of self-reflection with. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough when you look across the board to try and find silver linings here because there really wasn't a position group, you know, in my eyes that it played well. I mean, like, I think Joe, like Joe Burrow went 25 or 35. That, that's pretty hollow to me. I, I don't look at him as having that type of performance. Um, you mentioned it, Muhammad. The run game was not good. Three, 3.6 yards a carry. Uh, your leading receiver was T. Higgins with 49 yards. Didn't even and break 50 40, yards. 41 of those yards came on a play uh, in the fourth quarter when they were already down by 26 at that point. So the offense was just non-existent without Jamar Chase. And then defensively, I mean, actually, if you look at the first couple of drives of the game, they actually played pretty well. They forced some turnovers. I have no idea what Amari Cooper was looking at when he made that interception, but like the Bengals couldn't take advantage of those type of situations. And then... As the game kind of wore on, the Browns were able to kind of do what they wanted. I think they ran the ball effectively. I know that the final stats might not show that. You know, they only rushed for 3.9 yards a carry, but it felt like they had a lot of timely runs. Um, you know, I bet their DVOA numbers were a little bit better than than just kind of aggregate stats like that. Um, Amari Cooper was open. Donovan Peoples-Jones was open, like, all the time. To me, this was just an area – the kicking game was bad – you just you look at everything that went wrong and it's hard to kind of say this is where it went wrong. I mean, even Zach Taylor postgame said, you know, somebody said, where did you get or where did the game get away from you? And he pointed to like eight different things like he was like, well, no, it, I think it starts. I think you're 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 right. And you're not. I mean, like he did okay. point to three drives, but it went wrong when Evan McPherson misses the field goal. Right. Special uh, teams. at the end of the half. Uh, Forty seven yards. Browns. Two plays. And look, this game was close at that point, eight yeah. to nothing, uh, one possession game. You think you're going into halftime down five. Instead, you're going down halftime eleven to nothing because um, the Cleveland made a couple pass plays and got into field gra- field goal range. Then, oh by the way, during that stretch, uh, Awuzie suffers a, a a significant knee injury that, that we yeah. found out after the game. Uh, he goes down, uh, goes to the injury tent. Um, Players are checking on him. Uh, Lou and Ramo checked on him. Um, and then he's carted to the back just as yeah. kind of the time expires. So as deflating of a end of a first half as you can have, and I think right. they just never recovered. Um, you know, Zach talked about kind of the, the stumbles offensively in the third quarter. Uh, yes, that was true. But I just thought you can't come back when your secondary is so depleted. Um, you know, they had Cam Taylor Britt in to start because Eli Apple was unavailable. Um, so he couldn't come off the bench at all. He was inactive with a hamstring injury. Trey Fowler's played most of the second half, then he was injured. Um, and so at that point, I, they just didn't have enough. And the the matchup that really killed them, actually, in that third quarter was Amari Cooper versus right. Trey Flowers. He got burned twice, and I think that uh, that uh, eight-play, 60-yard drive that they used to go up 25 to nothing. Well, so my point with that, was, though, was 
the you miss the field goal and that's a special teams error. Then they come down the oh, field. Oh, all three phases. They, yeah, yes, they, yes. they come down the but field. They that, score. But I thought that five minute stretch was where the game was lost. That, absolutely. But uh, you yeah. go, if you go to halftime with a three, look, Shinobi doesn't suffer what might be a right. season ending injury. Uh, you're probably fine. I mean, yeah. honestly, you regroup at the second half. And even was, if they score, it's twelve, and that's not awful. Right. This team's a very uh, was, has been up until today a very second half team. They make adjustments. They make adjustments well, but they just didn't have the personnel. I thought Trey Hendrickson was playing injured. Uh, clearly, with that neck injury, was I think limited. Yeah. Uh, we saw him get uh, looked at by trainers multiple times. His back um, in his hand. I yeah. Think. It just and, and it just kind of uh, it was a struggle. And then you know that all added up. You know Nick Chubb. I mean, it's a modest lot. I mean, 23 carries, 101 yards, 4.4 yards a carry. The touchdowns obviously are bad, but I mean, it's not like a, a game where he just like ripped you. I mean, Brissett right. having 278 yards is, was the surprise. 17 of 22, um, but they just didn't have, I think, the guys in the secondary to sort of put a game plan yeah, together. Well, and, and my point with that was that you had a special teams there. They go down the field and score. They go down the field and score again to open the second half. And then your first drive of the second half for the, for the Bengals on offense, it's, it's a four-yard run. It's a drop pass by Mixon where he had some room, and then it's a nine-yard sack. So I, my point with all of that was no, this that. was all-encompassing, and, and there really isn't an area that you can point to and say, oh, well, they lost the game because of this reason, because that group was good. No, it was, it was all around. I know one of the biggest questions was, how are they going to look without Jamar Chase? How much are they going to miss him? And on that first drive, like, you know, to Coach Taylor's point, they did start out fine until the interception to – not the A.J. Green you're thinking of, the A.J. Green who's actually a, a safety for the Browns. You know, Chris Evans, who's not a name that's caught a pass all year except one time. 26-yard catch. You're thinking, okay, they really have depth. Like, they're actually getting something going. And then I really think once Green gets that pick, even though you have a Von Bell pick that could have bailed them out, even though way later in the second half, Akeem Davis-Gaither has an interception turned fumble that could have bailed them out. It just, and I don't know if this is, it's, it's Halloween and Joe Burrow was just spooked by Miles Garrett like he's been every time he's faced him, or he was just spooked by the secondary, whether it was against Denzel Ward last year, who had the pick six, or this time without Ward, who didn't even play, or JOK, Jeremiah Usukor, even without two of their best players, it just seems like somehow this uh, Browns defense from up front with Clowney and Garrett to the backfield, which like I said, didn't even have their best corner, their best defender. I mean, somehow they just haunt him, and spooky Halloween, I guess, makes it fitting. But well, even- the, the Browns are not the Browns fans are not going to uh, want to hear injury excuses because they were yeah. uh, very depleted, very, yeah. and then they were you know held together with tape in their own secondary. Newsom played through an injury. Uh, they're missing obviously you know one of their top linebackers. Uh, really, the pressure they got, I thought, was one of the difference makers. I mean, comp- you know, as much as uh, Zach Taylor sort of downplayed the pressure. Um, I thought Miles Garrett stepped up in key moments. I mean, he tipped that pass. Two um, sacks. Uh, and had two sacks. Um, you know, I, I find it interesting that sort of Zach's like, well, we didn't play with the lead, so that's kind of what screwed us up. And he's kind of gone back to this. And it's like, at some point, you got to learn to not be in a rhythm right off the bat. Like, I mean, I don't understand um, that part of it that, that he keeps going back to. Like, well, if we just, we're, if we're in rhythm all the time, we're going to be good. It's like, well, yeah, sure. But like, every right. And that's what yeah, Joe Burrow like, admitted. How do, you, how do you do, like, you can't do that. Like, yeah. The, you, even you, Joe Burrow admitted that. You like, have he to said learn, that. You have to learn, like you said, you, you have to learn how to play when the odds are stacked against you. Because, you know, we, I talked about this on Friday. 
the coin toss thing has been like I say, I've we've talked about taking the ball more than anything. I you know I I really didn't think we'd ever talk about a coin toss that much, but they've made they've made it a point to say we want the ball. The Matt Hasselbeck thing. We want the ball. We're going to go score. Like they want to take leads and they want to take some pressure off of their defense. They want to be able to run the offense with some comfort, and you're just not going to be able to do that. And today is kind of the down it's not kind of it is the downside of that because you start out on the first drive you turn the ball over and even though your defense plays really well in the first half you're down eight to nothing which you know again another special teams mistake you had 12 men on the field on that uh, on that pat which allows the browns to take the penalty and then when you have nick chubb from a yard away I don't know how many defense, I don't know how many defensive lines in the league are going to stop that. So you're down eight to nothing, and even if McPherson hits that field goal, and it's eight to three at halftime, and you know the Browns just sit on it, they're getting the ball to start the second half, and they march right down the field. So again, this is one. This is a situation like Mike said. He's exactly right. You're going to have to learn to live with this because if that is the way you want to operate, if you're going to say the, the getting the lead is so important to us that we have to start with the ball. You're not going to score on every single drive. You're going to start psych the game. yourself out. Well, it's not even that. It's that you're not going to score. Well, on I think every that's single a big part of it. I, I don't. I disagree with that. Well, no, because Joe Burrow said, you know, we didn't get in a rhythm today, and that hurt us. And every time the Bengals have lost, what did they say? We didn't get into a rhythm. We yeah, but how much of that? How much of that is them just saying we didn't get it? Like, how many teams could you go across the league for and say what happened? Ah, oh, we didn't play our game. We didn't get in our offensive rhythm like we wanted to. Like we but, planned but to. But rhythm goes problem. back to the. Um, it's to the point you made about starting fast and starting first, you're not always going to score. Like you said, I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm just saying, right. I think, I'm not a psychologist, but psychologically, if you tell yourself, oh, we have to score the first time, and if we don't, then maybe in the back of your head, you start to get a little just rattled, and maybe that's what happened I today. mean, maybe, maybe late, but if you're down 7 nothing and you're rattled, there needs to be a whole other conversation that needs to happen here, because, like, you're talking about an offense that is like this team made the Super Bowl last year because of the guys that are here currently. And think about it. What were they down? Twenty-one to three against well, the I Chiefs. Well, I think retroactively, like, today, yes, they were. Today, today they probably would have not taken the ball. Or I mean, they didn't have a choice. They got it. But right, they, yeah, right. This wasn't the optimal. You know, like that last five minutes was some of that was out of their out of their control. Of control. Right, but you're going like, to have to learn you know, to play with that. You're going to have to learn yeah, to live sure, with that. But, um, it's just a very strange year for this offense. I mean, Jamar Chase. You talked about them being able to kind of survive. I didn't think the receivers. Played particularly well. Boyd made actually a couple nice catches. I thought T. Higgins um, it didn't show much effort on that one kind of coming back to the ball, even though it would have been hard for him to make that catch. Mike Thomas had a drop. Um, you know, that's a group that's going to probably take this one, I think, uh, more personally because they did say, you know, yeah. we're number one guys, and I don't think they sort of uh, lived up to that reputation. And then the other guy that I think uh, will kind of want to burn this tape is Jonah Williams. Um, that spin move that Miles Garrett executed – uh, for his first sack was as pretty of a defensive move as you'll see. But uh, Jonah struggled today, um, and, and I thought that really hurt them at times. Um, you, you know, he's a guy that you kind of, I, I think, has, you know, they've gotten a, in that two-game winning streak, I thought their tackles post played really well. Right. And that was sort of, I think, helping this team move forward. Um, and, and today felt like a step back. Today felt like um, the uh, the Cowboys game where they just didn't have sort of right. the, the pocket uh, you know, integrity that they needed to sort of, you know, give Joe confidence to throw the ball. And so, going, so the, the, to go back to two things you said, the first thing with T. Higgins, 
Um, in T. Higgins' defense on that first drive, uh, I thought he got held. Not that uh, play, yeah. No, no I, yeah, yeah, no, I, that, that, that's not, I know that's not the play you're. I know that's yeah, not the play yeah, you're yeah. talking about. But I, I was looking at that play and like Joe said, it was a Joe Burrow said it was a touchdown, and he thought that he got held yeah. and they didn't throw it. So I want I want to go back and look because it, I thought it was holding too. Um, so that that was curious to me. Uh, but you're, I mean, you're absolutely right about Jonah Williams. I, I, but. It's one of those situations where you knew going in the Bengals were going to have to chip and they were going to have to get the ball out quick. And it, when you get into some one-on-one matchups, I mean, there was one play, I think it was Isaiah Thomas, um, the defensive end. He kind of caught Jonah leaning. Like, they engaged, they got into each other, and Jonah was leaning. Isaiah threw him down, and it was, it was all over. Like, that is just not what can happen. Um, for an offense that needs to throw the ball, like you, we've already we we're, we're reaching the point if we're not there already, where you know that this team is not going to grind teams down running the ball, and you've got to throw it. And if that's happening to your tackles every game, that's just not going to fly. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, on the defensive side of the ball that Lou regrets, you know, because he couldn't pressure after the first half because they, they they didn't have the secondary to do it, but. Those like three plays in a row in the second half where he blitzed and then he got the turnover. They like sent you know everybody in the kitchen sink. Should he have pressured before uh, Awuzie went down with the injury? Would should they have pressured more? Because um, Jacoby Percent, I don't think is very good. Um, and even though he had a good game today, like you saw when they got pressure home, which they struggled to do, rushing just four because Trey um, was battling. Yeah. Um, should they have pressured more? to sort of make him more uncomfortable. I know the answer would be, you know, you obviously worry about Nick Chubb, but he wasn't out on the field for long stretches in that yeah. first half before, obviously, he took off and sort of the game became about, about that, them running the ball. Yeah, th- this felt very situational football, I think, where the Browns kind of took advantage. Because like I said, 3.9 yards a carry. Like, if we were doing this podcast on Saturday, whenever we did that, um, if, if I had given you some of these numbers, I'm not sure that we're sitting there going – Oh, the 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 Browns not only win, they kick the crap out of the Bengals. Like if I told you, I don't know his quarterback. If you just said, well, no, I'm saying about rating is one thirty three. So that's my well, that's my point. I might have guessed that they did not play well. Well, that's my point. So the if we would have said, what is the most important part? Oh, the running average, the run game uh, for the Browns would be the most important part, and they really didn't. But they got the runs that they needed. They got the well, the carries though. They did it by bulk and not right. Well, that's my that's my point. So like the I don't. Don't think they necessarily just absolutely killed them on the ground. No, it didn't it was feel like the, a game they ran over. And it was it the felt air- like a game where Jacoby Percent improbably made improbably. A, a series of throws uh, to win the game, and nobody did. I mean, you know, he has a Mari Cooper. Really, the game turned on that drive when they they I think it's two on third downs. Both of them they converted, and you know, if you would ask me, you know. Who had the, if there was a quarterback in this game with a 137 quarterback rating, who would it have been? Right, I mean, exactly. I don't even think Jacoby Brissett would have been second on my guess. <laughs> so that leads to what, what I want to say. I mean, no, I'm with you. So, Although Amari Cooper made the worst throw of the day, a day and that was – I think you mentioned it at the start. That was the the funniest that thing was, I've ever that seen. That was a that was, but that was. I thought that one would be more what Jacoby Brissett did, but he did not. You really are out on Jacoby. I just don't Brissett. think he's very. Good. I mean, did you think he was very good? No, I didn't think he was very good going in. But you, you, you said but even it. after seeing that game, did you think he was very good? I mean, like no, anytime he, no. he was shuffling his feet. Like I mean, like I mean, no, nothing was easy. 
in terms of like finding the guys, but like. Well, I thought everything was easy in terms of like I thought you know I thought there were times where you would just look and at Donovan Peoples Jones is you know ten fifteen yards down the field and, and you're like oh there's nobody within down. there's nobody within five yeah. yards of him so it's like and then the I will say the throw and catch that he had with Cooper late where. Uh, I guess this goes back to the injury question, but Dax Hill was playing corner. Right, so Dax, depth safety is at corner, but he's playing corner, and then Von Bell's over the top, and double coverage. Brissett throws the bomb, and, and he none gets of us toasted. were here in fall, and we did ask some of the other beat writers about Dax getting reps in terms of, you know, did he come in and, and did they consider, you know, giving him sort of both? But no, he was a safety, so like it yeah. says what it says the state of things when he was the other corner, right. and and you know he's literally a rookie safety yeah. that's played what twenty snaps this whole season. Yeah, something I have to go at, back say, at yeah, nickel. It, yeah, like, probably yeah. not even that. Yeah. Probably less than that. I do want to get to the secondary and what went wrong with that on the Bengals side, Bengals secondary, and you know the run game. But like you said, no, you made a good point. I want to touch more about like so Jacoby Brissett. I thought really. Was he terrible? No, but was he that good? Not really. So then that makes you wonder. I will get to that, but on the other side of it. So if Jacoby Brissett looked better than Joe Burrow, when Joe Burrow went against, I understand the Bengals lost those secondary players, which we'll get to, but on the other side of it for the Bengals, you know, if Joe Burrow went up against a defense with no Denzel Ward, no JOK, and this is not a knock on the other players they had, but like they're calling up guys from the practice squad how do you have receivers like we've been saying our number one receivers, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and say what you want about the backups. I understand their depth isn't really all that flashy, but even then, how do you get so burned like that on a defense that, yeah, they mix it up with quarters, mostly one high safety, but even then, like the, the team that was exploding against the Falcons, that was coming back against the Saints, yes, there's a Jamar Chase in that picture, but even without a Jamar Chase, how do you look so weak until those two touchdowns in the end when it really it's garbage time at that point? I, that's the part I struggle to understand. Was it just that the Browns threw them off with stuff that they hadn't seen in film? I just don't know. I, I give credit to the Browns defense that they made up without two of their best players. But, man, that makes you wonder, like, for the Bengals, how, how do you let that happen to you? I don't know. That's, that's a tough <laughs> yeah. one. Like I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not a coordinator, but it's just man. If you're Joe Burrow and you're you're saying we know who we are, we're explosive, and you do that against a team that you're well, supposed I mean, to be explosive against. The offense didn't look fundamentally different. Like they didn't show up, and I, I did notice they had a few sets. Like the first drive, they had Chris Evans, the running back. He was out wide. He actually made a really nice catch. On he that did first drive. Um, that was the only catch of the game he he made. I am curious what his snap count is going to look like when I when I check that in the morning. Um, even though it technically already is the morning. Um, I'm curious what that's going to look like. They did throw Mitchell Wilcox. I saw him out wide on one play. Um, but, yeah, I, they, the I, offense I didn't look fundamentally it, well, different. It felt to me that I, – and I, and I don't know if it was a symptom of Jamar being out. I just didn't think Joe Burrow had his best night. I don't either. think he did either. Um, and, 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 is and, and, it and, him? Is it the Browns' no, defense? I, I, like, I mean, you just wonder. You can have a bad night. Like, some of those throws that – you know, Tyler Boyd, two of his catches were wide – and he had to reach out, and, and, and they just weren't as um, well-placed of a throw um, as, as, as normal. 
Um, I, I just thought he just didn't have, have, have a great night. And I thought some of the pressure, I think, really hurt them. They were limited to what they could do. They couldn't um, send as many guys out as they wanted to at times because Mixon had to stay back. Mitchell Wilcox they used as a blocker a lot um, just because of the pressure Garrett was getting and, and, and having trouble uh, blocking him one-on-one. So I think that did contribute as well. Yeah, the, the difference in pass blocking I thought tonight was pretty significant. I thought that Jacoby Brissett just had tons of time back there. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, we talked about the guys battling injuries. I know Sam was kind of banged up. Uh, Hendrickson was kind of banged up. But, I mean, you got to get after the quarterback. And, you know, Joe Burrow got sacked five times. Um, some of those were obviously – I think there was a one or two that I noted were coverage sacks. Um, and there were other times where, like we said, where a, a guy just gets beat. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, it, it kind of felt like – like when you give receivers – I don't care who they are. When you give receivers that much time to get open, they're going to get open. And, and I think that that's kind of where Brissett made his hay. And um, I think that that kind of led to it. So, you know, it all relates to one another, uh, coverage and pass rush. And, and I thought that, you know, that was a really – I think that that's a big difference tonight, that the pass, the pass protection for the Bengals was not good. The pass protection for the Browns was very good, and that kind of led to some of the quarterback debate that we're having right now. You said that, speaking of quarterback debate, Joe Burrow just didn't have a good night. And I agree, but let's go back to his rookie year. He just doesn't have a good night against the Browns. He didn't have a good day in Cincinnati last year. He didn't play uh, in the road game because they benched starters for that, but horrible. Like, probably worse than that game. If there's any silver lining is that they didn't play as bad in this game as they did in the game in Cincinnati last year. His rookie season... Two close games, but still lost both. And there's a lot he could have looked at in both those games where he was like, I shouldn't have done that. What is it about the Browns that just seems to get Joe Burrow's number? I, I, you know, he said, he said this in his postgame presser where he was just like, I don't know. Like, you know, I guess that's the question. Um, I have to go back and look at that to see what exactly he said. But he, he kind of had the same response that I just did where he's like, I'm not sure. But, like, it's a thing now. Like, if you lose to a team that much, like, it's a thing. I don't know. If that's just a coincidence, I think it's a like, th- it's you know I think players always when you ask them having been around enough players for enough years it's like they we think about that and give that much more yeah, oxygen than right. they do. Yeah, right. Um, I agree. With, I just um, think it's it, it, yeah. it becomes a thing because we make it the storyline and then it's the storyline leading the week up to the game that they play against that team that you know they have a losing streak or whatever and some of that seeps in. But I mean, in terms of like you know. He's a rookie for for what, you know two of those matchups, and one of them was his second game of his career. There are other moving parts to a team other than him, so it's like you know it's like hard to say like you have a five game losing streak. It's like well he doesn't. I mean yeah you know, right like, yeah he does, but but it's like yeah we're gonna fall Joe Burrow. You know, for like the Joe team. Burrow. Can't, so, so then let's can't compare this game to the game we in Cincinnati last year. Both are very similar. If you want to look at that small of a sample size, very similar scores. Very similar outcomes that he had in that game and in this game tonight, obviously. But you know what? Aside from putting all the blame on him, you you guys talk about the rushing attack. Joe Mixon, 27 yards. I mean, this is a guy who ran for over 1,200 yards last year or about that number. Is this – does this raise an alarm for an even bigger question of was – yes, the Browns' pass rush and the rush in general was that good, but 27 yards – well, yeah, again, I mean, I don't, uh, you, you can't run the ball in the second half. You're down, yeah, I, you're down eighteen nothing with yeah. nine minutes to go. Uh, sure, but with and, even with eight rushes, twenty seven yards. Right, this, but, it's but this is a team, like, this is a team that a, has to throw the ball. You don't get into and, a rhythm. You don't get any sort of uh, consistent amount of carries. 
Um, you know, he's making he was targeted the most. Yeah, but out of any. yeah, Mixon Mixon had seven seven catches, so and he, he was had targeted 15, the most out of anybody. He had fifteen. So. He had fifteen touches. They threw the ball thirty five times. They rushed it thir- or they rushed it ten times. Um, well, only forty five plays. That's kind of crazy. Um, but of those forty five plays, he Joe Mixon touched them thirty three percent of the time. Yeah. He touched the ball. He had eight carries. He had seven receptions. He was targeted on more than 33% of their plays. So, like, I don't really care if Joe Mixon's running numbers are not great because what is a swing pass but a long handoff? That's what Bill Belichick would say. Right? Yeah, what, what, is, what is an angle route but a long handoff? I, I don't – the running game, and, I, I mean, don't care. And it's a different if it's a, a, a hard-fought back-and-forth game where you're trying to run clock. Um, I mean, every run is a minute that you can't get back. Like, you're down right. 25 nothing. There's no time to sort of just hand the ball off and let him go. And, and, I mean, there's something to your game plan, right? I mean, Zach Taylor said, I mean, at the podium this week, he's like, he asked about the run game. He's like, we like to pass. And that should really tell you who this team is. I mean, you know, uh, there's just a different year than, than last year was. So, um, I, on a list of concerns, I think Joe Mixon's probably a little farther down right yeah, now. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I just, moment, I, yes. I just can't, I just can't put the brain power to say that like the run game is a, is a concern right now because there's just so many other issues but i mean you like want to you want to run the ball but better. i think it's, it's like it's flip side right if they're up 25 nothing and couldn't run the ball and then they that's had a pass, problem right that's when you're talking about the run game when you're down 25 nothing yeah uh, right. you're not thinking about the running opportunities you missed because you just didn't have any like i mean that's just the way the game sort of went so to pivot back to the secondary uh the Bengals secondary which as we said Lost Trey Flowers late in the game. Lost Jadot Biawuzie to what potentially, because we don't know, potentially could be a season-ending injury. Eli Apple wasn't active in this game. We don't know what it's going to look like for him moving forward as far as his status. I mean, what is sort of the panic meter for the Bengals? If high. You're, it's high. I mean, high. It's, I think it's very, high. Very, very, very red-hot emergency pulling what five-alarm fire high. Because yeah, right I mean, now, this is bad. So right now, your number one corner, uh, as I have my little t- all-22 in front of me, Shadobi Awuzie, cross him off. Then you go to Trey Flowers, who comes into the game, and he has a hamstring injury. He gets ruled out. Doesn't he come has back. a huge ice pack on his leg in the locker room and did not look great. Like that that looked a little bit more than tweaked a hamstring. The game was out of reach. They pulled him out. So we'll have to see what the update is with him. Eli Apple was not even it, not even active for this game because of an injury. That leaves you with going into next week without like without counting Eli Apple, that leaves you with Cam Taylor Britt, who's played like a game and a half, and we saw how Mike, he did tonight. Mike Hilton, he did. F- I, I don't. Well, know. he I'm got gonna... burned on two passes from people the, against people's Jones. But anyways, the, go on. So Cam Taylor Britt, I, I'm not gonna. I don't know about that. I don't know about the blame there. But Cam Taylor Britt, like I said, game and a half, he's in. Then you have Mike Hilton, who's a nickel corner exclusively, and you've got Jalen Davis, who's six foot three, so he can play on the outside, but. You're playing Dax Hill. Yeah, I think the I think it's like you you need bodies. No, but I think it's like DefCon five if Eli Apple can't go. Like, is it I one? Th- is it one or five? I don't know, one six. Whatever the worst. Def, def, it's DefCon forty five. DefCon eleven or DefCon negative eight. It, but but it, Eli Apple, I think, is a linchpin, right? Like you can get through to the bye and then start adding some people and trying to get right. your numbers back up. I think if Eli Apple can't go against Carolina, then it's really good. And, and Trey's out for some reason. You're going to have to, yeah. That, you need, that is a yeah. longer-term thing, then you're really in trouble. But I think you could patch it together for a week with Eli Apple and Cam Taylor. Against Brett, the Panthers. Against the Panthers. Then you got the bye, so you have, you know, two and a half weeks here to sort of right. look at that ten, uh, the Tennessee game to say we need to have an extra person or two ready to be able right. to play. Because um, I think Eli Apple, you know, limited – 
um, uh, you know, hamstring. He, he was out there sort of with, you know, the, the trainers and things like that during the week. You know, we saw him in the locker room walking. It didn't look like he was like going to be, uh, you know, debilitating. So, but I think his presence sort of next week will be critical. So we have a mixture of Joe Bro just had a bad night on top of DEFCON whatever with the... DEFCON the, whatever the worst DEFCON is. Yeah, like... Corner. Yeah, DEFCON 5, we'll say that, sure. What DEFCON in the secondary, Joe Burrow just had a bad night. So when you mix that together, this 19-point loss, this, this, this is the central question to wrap it up. With all of that, this 19-point loss, is that indicative of what's to come in the next couple weeks? Or is this just a night that you can write off and move on from and still pull your weight together to do well into the bye week against Carolina before the bye week and then against Pittsburgh and then Tennessee after that. If they had Jamar Chase and lost by 19 in the offense for the part, you'd probably say there's no turning back like they're they're in trouble. I mean, you're out your best player. You get him back in three weeks. There's going to be a significant change, right? Like that that does make a fundamental difference. And so you'd say that, you know, things are not – it's not over. It might be over in the AFC North, but the wild card I don't think is over. Uh, And and in in the terms of the secondary, uh, you don't know. I think that's sort of the biggest, like I said, biggest question mark going forward. Um, the defense could really struggle from here on out if they um, can't kind of put together sort of a working plan and lose the, a secondary coach. So, I mean, that's his specialty. So that's a good thing to have sort of in your back pocket. I think maybe you rest Trey next week, Hendrickson, to get him healthy because you can't have him operating at 75%. Because uh, I think if there's a problem in the secondary, you need him hit, getting the quarterback a lot more than he did tonight. Yeah, so to I, I, I want to approach this from a larger, you know, maybe like a like a higher view than, than what Mike did. Because obviously the things are true that he said. You have to figure out your offense without Jamar Chase because if he's going to be out for two or three more games – you can't just say, oh, well, these two or three more, whatever. No, you need to figure that out. The secondary, you, <laughs> you got to figure out who, who is, like, able-bodied and can play back there because if you're down those guys, that's pretty significant. But you have to figure that out. And, look, it is it – is, it's not Where good. Where is this larger view? What's the larger view? It is not good that you've lost DJ Reader. That you've yeah, probably can't lost. Forget, can't forget about but, that. But that you've lost come Jamar back Chase. Too. I forgot Reader about could that. come back after the bye. So, I mean, there could. You go. Well, he so, could come back but, to next but, week. So, is this an excuse? Because I don't think it is. Because here's the thing: you are now. If you won tonight, the Browns are cooked. The Browns are two and six. You are five and three. Tied with the Ravens atop the AFC North, and you have that Week 18 matchup looming. Well, they would have the against lead Baltimore. They, they beat them early, right? But, but yeah, hear, hear me out. So they're they're tied atop the division with obviously the Ravens have that tiebreaker, but you're both at five and three, and the Browns are two. The Steelers forget them, don't even bother. The Browns are cooked. Or like the Ravens, they haven't had J.K. Dobbins all year. They had him for portions. They haven't had Gus Edwards for portions of the year. Their left tackle, their corner, their safety, they haven't had all of these guys. And but they're five and three. Uh, but, so but my point, my point is, at... you can look, you can work through these issues, but it cannot be an excuse because if you want to win the division, well, I don't think you're going to have to fight I, through I, that. I mean, I, the, the, so, the so, odds, so I guess that's my point. So the odds of winning the division. Do you? Like, you're, I, I wonder what the problem. You're down is a game, point. but are you ready to say that the division's out? I think so. I think you go for the wild card. Okay. Now I, I think that's fair because the, the Ravens agree. do not play a team with a winning record the remainder of the year, and the Bengals. Just we've the talked about this a million times. The level of difficulty would be insane, to, right? Because you also right. have to rely on other teams. You have to but beat I, them. Essentially but in to week your 18. point about Reader too, it's like think about how different this team could look. It, you know, say they lost Wuzier for the season, but you come out of the bye against Pittsburgh, 
and you have a healthy Trey Hendrickson, a healthy DJ Reader, and Jamar Chase is a week away. I mean, you're yeah, feeling right, better like, right. about your season not being over. Right. But so my, my, and my, you better be 5-5 five and because five, you better not lose. Well, that's what, and that's the other thing, too. So my, my point is the injuries thing, like, those are huge concerns. And I know we talked a lot about tonight. Well, like, what can you do with Dax Hill? You know, he, he hasn't repped at corner. I understand all of that. That can't be an excuse moving forward. If you want to be, if you want to do what this team wants to do, you can't make that an excuse. And two, you now play two, two and six teams in the Carolina Panthers. Then you have a bye week, and then you play the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you lose either one, God for both of those games, I don't know what we what do we say? Defcon? What do you say? Forty seven? <laughs> yeah, Defcon triple digits at that point. Um, at that point, you, you might you, you might have need to like international beat, assistance. You at that have point. to beat both of them, and even if you split, you're five and five. And that's not great. So this kind of put – we talked about it at the beginning of the year, those tough losses. Well, now those you're starting to see them because if you're sitting – now you can look back at that Pittsburgh loss and you had a chance in the Dallas game and you had a chance in the Baltimore game. And now those losses are going to start to add up, and they already are. So to me, the injuries cannot be an excuse moving forward. You have to look at this – you know, obviously there's a limit to this, but you have to look at this as a new team, as a new week on Wednesday and – I, I don't know. This it just puts you in a heck of a spot, and um, just go one and zero. You, you got to go, yeah. To, to quote Bill Belichick for the second time here, you got to go one and zero this week because if you don't, oh boy, there's a lot more, lot, lot more concerns coming. We're gonna see what happens uh, in the coming days as we learn more about Awuzie's injury, along with Apple and Flowers, and what their status is moving forward. And of course, we'll have more on how the Bengals can continue to rebound from this as they're going to try to do this week but stay tuned for that later this week once again for myself andrew gillis and michael nislick i'm muhammad ahmad thanks for joining us on this post game pod we'll see you later this week